welcome to the Soccer Coaching Podcast, brought to you in association with our friends at Soccer Coach Weekly, reflecting our shared ambition to help coaches have the most effective, enjoyable and successful coaching journey for them and their players. We hope you enjoyed this episode and thanks for listening. Billy, welcome back to the podcast. How are you doing, my friend? Doing very, very well. Long time no see, but how's things? Yeah, good. Very good. Thank you very much. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm sure less has changed mine than it has your end over the last few years. Um, but seeing you feels like I, it hasn't been that long since I last saw, saw you. So um, I don't know. How, apart if you had your hair cut, your hair's shorter now. There you go. A little trim. Little trim. Lost <laughs> a bit of weight. But uh, but yeah, we're uh, yeah we're all good. A lot has yeah. lots changed, but for now, well, still the kind of same things. It's um it, it's genuinely nice just to chat to you. I'm looking forward to the conversation. Um, but obviously I can't be completely like my own self interest. We're going to get some stuff like this for other people as well. Um, but you know you've been working overseas now for how long? Uh, just starting my second year. The second year, okay. So like you know, and obviously we know we'll talk more. But I know you from the work you did at Wickham before you you went abroad. Um, and the wonderful work you did there. And we had you on a podcast. I think it was like episode. I can't remember which 51 something like that I think it was like so that, yeah yeah a, a way back now um talking about um how you use language language and props in your coaching and I've seen you coach lots of times and I, you're fantastic my boys loved you coaching them um so I'm intrigued to know like whether you're doing the same things and different or whatever else so we'll, we'll get into that space in time um but just as a starting point if you don't mind Billy a bit about kind of maybe your background before you went abroad and then kind of what it is you're doing now if that's okay yeah, no worries. Um, so kind of way back when, um, I began coaching quite about ten years ago now, I think. So back in back in college, back in sixth form, without a real purpose of getting into it full time, it was just a just a case of I, I enjoy playing football. I don't really want to do anything else, so I'm going to just give coaching a go. Did my level one and two. Uh, didn't really enjoy it. I was really within myself and quite a shy teenager got the opportunity after sixth form to go to America for six months and do the holiday camps and work with rec teams over there, which just the, the flip, the, the light bulb kind of went off and that was it. Then I was hooked um, after connecting with kids over there, then got back, had no real plan of what to do. I was about 19 at the time and just kind of floating all over the place, managed to find some part-time coaching Um started with Wickham Wanderers which I, where I was at for about six and a half years um, but within that while I was part-time there I was doing two or three other part-time coaching jobs at the same time so pretty much leaving at 7am and getting back at 7pm nearly every day um, getting changed in the car um, some of the kind of character building areas of working with like multi-sports doing like little kicker sessions doing like community coaching it was like a full range and variety of things um then got to a point where I got offered a full-time job at Wickham uh, as a delivery officer, uh, basically just committing to them in terms of doing their after-school clubs, their elite development sessions where I met you and met your boys, Lucas and Marcus. Um, then within that, got promoted to doing a senior delivery officer role, which I led like birthday party programs, Saturday morning programs, match day experiences. Then got a, another promotion just after COVID to do Premier League Primary Stars, which is a like an education provision more so going into schools, working with targeted groups, whether it be like maths, English, PSHE, and then doing some like teacher education. So supporting teachers in their PE delivery. Um, so that was a real step 
out into left field uh doing year two maths and then doing nursery PE <laughs> was uh, was interesting at times um so did that for about 18 months and within that was on my UEFA B license so I was with a non-league team so working at step five as a first team coach really enjoyed the experience it was, it was really stressful at times uh because results weren't often brilliant um but found a really good group of guys to work with there and really connected with the club and then finished then got to a point where all of a sudden it's a funny story how the UAE came about so I've been in the UAE for just over a year uh, how it came about I wasn't really looking for a job at that point really I was quite happy at Wickham and just it was just one of those times just at around Champions League final time it was and on Twitter I don't want to deviate too much but on Twitter I every now and again post, I like <laughs> in the story i don't know this yeah. so tell us <laughs> so it's so on uh twitter every now and again i post like session plans and post like whiteboards and all this sort of thing i, I should do it more but i did it at the time i was quite quite frequent and one of these boards i put up i have to try and find a tweet somewhere but it it blew up it just got it went everywhere um i think it had like twenty thousand impressions or something like that. I, was, I was buzzing i was like oh my god this is crazy <laughs> fame um, at last <laughs> phone, phone was going nuts um and one of the people who liked the tweet was one of my colleagues now um a woman called mary and she liked the tweet and i saw it pop up i saw um saw the, the company pop up and i was like oh okay interesting so i like, messaged went back and forth just asked a couple of questions oh like how how do you do things that we just got chatting um i didn't think much of it just thought of it as like, just just chat and just find out a bit about a different part of the world and then about a few hours later um my now boss seth he sent me a dm and was like oh we uh we've seen seen you on the social media seemed like someone who would suit our organization would you like to have a chat about it so i was like yeah go on and let's see what see what's about just just have a chat um spoke to him really really connected with him um a lot of what they deliver really aligns with my own sort of personal values. Um, so then he asked me to have an interview, have a chat with the team, uh, did the interview and there's like 10 of them on the zoom call and just me. Uh, so it was a bit of a, a bit of a, I, it was one of those ones I kind of took it as a free hit at the time. Uh, so I didn't really feel too much pressure, but then as soon as I saw the, the 10 faces looking at me, I was like, Oh my God, I better, uh, I better be right here. Better focus um, now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I should have practiced. Then, uh, yeah. Oh my God. And then, uh, then, then started talking to them, had a little bit of a laugh and just kind of was myself in that sense. Cause I felt a bit relaxed as it was a bit of a free hit, but God, God, it's not about me. Um, and then they offered me a role and then I thought, you know what, this is a, uh, this is a good opportunity to just try something different. You come to the end of the school year and stuff. So I thought, yeah, you know what, let's, let's give it a go. Um, then handed my notice at Wickham, which was like, I'd never done that before. And it was just like such an emotional time. <laughs> I was just like, oh my God. Uh, but uh, but yeah, managed to get through that process and then come out here last August. Um, and it's been a been a whirlwind ever since. Uh, so now my role, I started just as a as a as a coach, going and doing schools programs, our like our squads, doing our like foundation, like recreational side. We used to run the largest youth league in in Abu Dhabi um so we'd help organize that do the day-to-day -day stuff with that in terms of being on the pitches setting up pitches referee management parent management carnage um but, <laughs> um, but then now this this season I'm schools coordinator and lead coach and do a lot of things within like coach education bit of teacher education and then links with one of the professional clubs out here with one of my programs so it's been uh it's been a wild ride 
but uh, but one I wouldn't change. Well, like you've squeezed a lot into ten years. <laughs> and it, isn't it funny how like I guess even without like a defined path, you just you're just busy following the next step, like left foot, right foot kind of thing, and then you end up in Abu Dhabi doing stuff that you probably never dreamt. Maybe just even two or three years ago, you'd be doing. Yeah, crazy. I think it's one of those ones where when I was 19, when I went to America, I come back and I said, like, I want to go again, again. And then found Wickham, fell in love with it, with the people I was with, fell in love with just the like all the people I'd be coaching and all that sort of thing and just, just got sucked into it. And that was my life for like every day for about six odd years. Then this opportunity popped up and it was just more like a, yeah, go on it. You know what? Let's just take a punt and let's just have a go. Um, had the full backing of like my my colleagues at the, at the time were like yeah go for it, yeah. um, and then my family were really good with it, and then all of a sudden it's just it's just worked out worked out it's really really good. Well, we'll come on to the other side of that, I guess, in a bit. You know, maybe like the more the personal side. That's what you like because we can talk about the, the football a lot, but you know, th- there is an emotional thing. See, like you say, it doesn't just affect you, does it? It affects family, friends, and you know, this yeah. is a big it is a big deal. And like you can always come back, obviously, but you know, it's easier said than done in the sense of just you know the the, the turmoil that it creates when you do these things. So, but look, Billy, fair play to you. Like when, when you know it was a, it was great having you with him because you were a fantastic coach. My, my boys loved you coaching them. Um, and I know that they, you know, they weren't the only ones, like everyone loved you having it. And I didn't think we'd see you leave Wickham, honestly, I didn't. But um, it's nice when people move on to things and, you know, you've found new challenges and new new opportunities. And, um, you know, I'm excited to talk a bit more about that. So that, that's kind of the plan for the next half an hour or so to chat around kind of what you've picked up while you've been, been away. Is that all right? Yeah, sounds good. Yeah, awesome. Well, look, I think, um, again, you know, we, we did speak before about, you know, your coaching methodology, if you like, and your approach. And I've seen it in practice. And um, I always thought it was a little bit different, a bit quirky in, in, in a really cool way. Do you know what I mean? Like you were the one that would turn up with random different shaped balls and different games to play and stuff and have different terminology and language, which is great. Um, but just before we get on to kind of, you know, what you do out now, has your philosophy changed at all? Do, uh, is that the same Billy now or, do, or have you got a different different way of going about things? i tell you what, I think my kind of character is very much the same. Um, I feel that is something that's very quite steady. I feel so I feel like someone who kind of cares a lot about who I'm with, like learning names and trying to be per- trying to connect on the kind of personal level. Um, I think my sort of delivery is in terms of my how I project it, it's very similar. Um that's I mean I've that the, the where I'm working now has been really good to just allow me to be myself. Um so it's one of those ones where it's been really good to be able to go and continue to try these new different things. And a lot of the things like the different shape balls and stuff are uh, still making an appearance every now and again. Good. That was one of those ones where I did it at the time without really too much thought into it. But then since one of the things I've done since being here has been, I've really focused on like my planning and my research. I've done a lot of like reading and a lot of looking into like, different like academic papers really like keen but like looking at these different things and a lot of it like especially with the different shape balls and stuff I've learned a little bit more about differential learning which it is like how it links so I kind of stumbled into it when I was at Wickham and kind of did it I was like oh let's give it a go but then now there's a little bit more reason behind it which is uh which has probably informed me a bit better um I think oh, oh sorry yeah, go on I was gonna, I think that's part of the journey Billy isn't it like you know you, a lot of it at first kind of almost like 
gut feel or copying other people's stuff isn't it and then suddenly what you yeah. realize is actually if i research myself i can then you know i can build on my gut feelings but actually with some kind of maybe some validity behind it some kind of almost things that i, I other people are doing so it gives me more confidence is that what you found yeah i think so i think i saw what well, like before would be more the case of seeing things online or seeing other people do things and go, oh, you know what I quite like that i might steal that and try different things yeah now it's using those ideas i see from others as well as the things I research and do myself to then piece together to go, actually, the reason they're doing this is because of this reason, not just because it looks fancy or it's quite fun to look at or people, people buzz off it. It's actually, there's a little bit more purpose behind it. So that's been a lot of, a lot of my planning and a lot of my thinking now has been a bit more, is more deliberate where sometimes before it was just to be random for random sake. I think now it's a bit (laughs) bit more like a bit more kind of focused on that, that side of things now, which through like my design or through, I think philosophy is adapted slightly. I think I still have how I view the game, how I view football as a whole. Um, The where we, what we do now, which we'll get into a little bit later is, is blowing my mind. Um, To be fair, like my, our technical director, Maxi is just like, his football brain is ridiculous. He's uh, his experiences have been crazy. He's, he's worked with all these different types of players in these different environments, and we're just kind of playing with his brainchild a little bit. And it's just <laughs> like every time I speak to him, I come away going, "Oh my god, my brain is hurting." But uh, but he's challenged he's challenged me in lots of different ways, which has been really good, especially around things like like perception, action, and thinking about like choice like the decision making and scanning and the real technical details that go into the layers before you act and before the technique uh which has been like yeah fried my brain at times bless him but he's he's been top Um, well i'll pick some of that stuff if that's all right um just so the role you do now and obviously you said that you kind of do a few things um would you work with particular age groups or is it across age groups and how much of the role is actually coaching and how much it is doing other stuff yeah, so my role at the minute is I my lead my groups I lead are under nines, under twelves, and under fourteens, which it's been which is good to have some variety. Last year I was mainly under nines and tens, but then this year I've been able to luckily get a bit of a, a bit of a variety in the other age groups, which is good. My delivery, um, which is good, which is a lot more just being out and being out and coaching and being out with different groups. There's a lot of because it's because we're quite a small team. There's a lot of planning, a lot of preparing, a lot of a lot of meetings. My boss won't like me saying, but <laughs> so, but uh, but yeah, lots of like things where we do where we're doing a lot of different things. So like we have the league, we have other people in the organization doing things like Special Olympics. Then we have things like we have different like un- under eights festivals. We have like school events. We have like all these different things that we just have our name in that we have like things in the summer like people like groups going to Ghana we've got tournaments in across the world it's just like lots of just everyone's kind of has a little bit in something which yeah I don't know it keeps things fresh I think if it's just you're just going to stay working in this one school then this one age group across the board and you're not going to see anyone it's a bit like actually a bit of the variety it's almost like variety is the spice of life isn't it and I think sometimes we're in the moment at times you might think oh god i've got to go do this I've got to go do this <laughs> but when you come out of it you think actually you know what that some of the variety is actually what keeps things fresh and keeps things exciting absolutely um, but yeah it's been really good and then and then now i've got a bit more responsibility um with our schools programs kind of developing curriculums and 
supporting coaches and then going into schools and kind of implementing those things to align with the rest of our programs um, which has been been a good thing to get my teeth into um, and now we're just about to begin really the, the first term of it so we'll see how it see how it looks and uh, see if I still have a job at the end of the year <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if all that work's paid off yeah well <laughs> w- with the nines 12s and 14s then how, how much time would you get to spend coaching them a week is it like a session a week a few sessions a week how often do you get out with them yeah so we get two sessions a week and the game on the sunday um which is a little different to what i had at, at wickham where we had maybe one session or two sessions a week in games in half terms yeah. um so it's been really it's been really good to have training linked and kind of to a per with a purpose towards a game and then kind of reflecting on the game and then the rest of it's so almost having a bit more of a get into Sunday morning and you get weird used to get there at 6 30 in the morning to set up pitches yeah. but you're up out of bed and you're fresh and you're ready to go because you've got football to look forward to um so it's been really good we get like maybe three hours in the week so up to up to one hour and a half sessions and then games on a Sunday um which has been uh it's been really nice and a lot of contact time with the players which is good and these would be in the evenings when the children have finished school, is it? Yeah, in the evenings um, when it starts to get a little bit cooler. Uh, at the minute, it's uh, like today's session. Uh, it was, I think it's about 41, 42 degrees. Um, <laughs> by the time I was setting up, which is, uh, and it was really Definitely not Wickham. Today. No, God, I don't think I've done worn a coat in about six months. <laughs> it's already <laughs> getting cold and we're just in September. Um, brilliant. Oh, great. thanks, Biggs. That, that paints a picture then of kind of not, you know, you and kind of, you know, what you're doing and stuff. Um, just on a, on a more broader scale kind of thing, what's the coaching environment like over there in Abu Dhabi? Like, you know, how different is it to maybe what you experienced in the States or obviously what you know very well back in the UK? It's it's growing i think it's the word for it it's growing in competition in terms of if you're looking at organizations there's lots and lots and lots like it's like where england you can find a coaching company or a football club on every corner it's this it's growing into that at the minute um dubai is probably stronger um about an hour up the road that's probably stronger in terms of ability and things like that but abu dhabi's on on the rise there's it's so so multicultural You've got, like, for example, just within our team, I just, I've listed them here. You've got, we've got a Kenyan, we've got a Ghanaian, an Indian, Egyptians, Syrian, Irish, and English in Brilliant. a small team. Yeah. And uh, across the board, you've got coaches from all over the world. You've got players from all over the world. Um, like, again, for example, if I had one of the groups I can think of from last year, I had Irish, Australian, uh, English, Korean, uh like emirati suppose from uh, from the uae uh literally it was just like a and um, like spanish speaking it was like a full broad scale so it's been yeah. that's been really interesting to see and just how everyone kind of interacts as one um there can be one my one thing with it it can be a little bit too competitive uh, especially when you get to the league i guess i've not i've not really ever had that experience of youth grassroots league football that makes sense yeah through my old job was very go and play another club friendly games scores aren't kept shake hands go home now that we have the league and things so sometimes we have games where you get your league deciders and then your parents on the side are very very keen coaches can be a bit keen um which can be a little bit difficult to be quite stubborn on the kind of development process you almost have to now take 
kind of make winning is important. Don't get me wrong, but it's almost it's not, not the most important thing. So it's just trying to continue and remember that as you're trying to navigate your way through the uh, through the the carnage at times, which can be the league days. But it's it's like I find it similar to the UK in terms of there's some really 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 good stuff going on. There's things where you look at and think, oh, hang on a minute, I'm not too sure about that. Um, but everyone's got there's it happens with everyone. I think even some things I do, I kind of after a while go, oh, you know what, I'm not sure about that. When yeah. you kind of evolve and think about it. Um, but it is what it is. It's everyone's got the right intentions. Everyone wants to play the game in different ways, but it's it's just how uh, it's almost plenty of ways to skin a cat, as they say. Yeah. And do, I mean, it took us a long time, I think, in, in the UK to get the foundation phase in a place where it probably is kind of fit for purpose. And I think back just 10 years ago and, you know, the coach that was going on just where we were wasn't great. And I was part of that. <laughs> Not, you know, it wasn't, you know, we had a lot, a lot of stop standstill, a lot of cues, you know, that kind of stuff. And I think now you look at coaching, you know, it's I think it's improved a fair bit from what I can see. Kids have a ball each. There's a lot more high ball rolling time. Do you know what I mean, a, a lot of more stuff. Is that the same over there? Is the foundation phase quite strong? Is, is your, you know, your next lot of under nines that are coming under six? Are they doing the right things at under sixes? Yeah, it's. I think it's in a place where it, give it a couple of years, and I think it will grow into that. I think right. you still there's still a bit of a blend of the old school line drills and your stop stand stills at times. Um, but it's it's just trying to. I think with what we're doing, uh, I think we I think what we're doing. If I'm being biased, we're very progressive and thinking very ahead of ahead of where we are now um and it's just trying to see the cycle and just try and push push through to the point where you might not have brilliant results you might have a bit of backlash from parents and might have a bit of backlash from other clubs but if you continue doing what you see and we see the end goal is 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 brilliant but it's just trying to push through to that end goal um, and to be fair there's a lot of clubs doing a lot of good things don't get me wrong um but like you said you could ask someone from another club they might think I'm, what i'm doing is nonsense you might ask another club and it's this it's always going to be yeah. like that but to be yeah, fair i'll give i'll give people credit yeah there, there's yeah. a lot of good stuff going on and give it a few years and i think it'll be a really good hub for football well i'm sure that when you sent that tweet out that got all the attention that it got and then you got the contact from mary and then spoke to seth i would imagine having like known you that they would have picked up the similar thing that I, I think anyone gets spent time with you would pick up and that's that you are um, the kind of person that would adapt to situations and you know listen and learn. I think I think that comes across really evident, which is probably why you, you've you've done what you've done. Um, h- how have you had to adapt since you moved to Abu Dhabi? Like you know, how have you had to change your coaching and 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 pick things up and learn and develop? What do you think have been the biggest things there that you've had to kind of deal with to still be effective? Yeah, I think it's one of those ones where I think I'd love people to be a fly on the wall when, we, like I said about Maxi, for example. And just listen to him speak because a lot of I think he'd be brilliant on this because he, he, he where you want maybe an hour episode you might get three he's just like <laughs> so so enthusiastic about football it's really good to hear and be a part of so I think he's someone who drives us to keep going so in terms of adapting my coaching we have a lot more of a focus now on how players can take control of their learning um, it's funny enough actually was it I think you had Mark Bennett on the show recently. Yeah. The his mod the model he speaks about is the the lot of like the model we do, so um so when he was when you had him on and he was talking through things like that like in terms of like success criteria like the UAEs and things like that 
I, we were, I was like, oh my God, like we do that. And I, I, I could picture it and I was like, yes, I'd like someone else is kind of <laughs> on that same wavelength. Um, but a lot of the things we do are around the players managing their own state, managing other players around them and kind of having a bit more of a collaborative approach to learning. Like they set their own success criteria compared to what we're focusing on. Um, we have our, our behaviours, we're very behaviour-led. So like we players before anything are focused on the idea of being ace so showing attitude concentration and effort uh in everything in everything they do um and that's like the the the, the benchmark so you ask any of our players kind of what's hammering at home and if that's not right then nothing else can kind of progress and then you're now trying to get them to manage others in that and dig each other out or support each other in those senses um a lot of the understanding like i said about like perception action and focusing on what to look for and how like scanning is crucial to decision making and choice making. Uh, that's a really big thing that we just want play our players to be very aware of what's going on around them and what to look for and to the choices they're making, like making things with the right intentions, um, rather than things like kicking a ball aimlessly or or that sort of thing. Um and also I think my my session design has has simplified massively. Um I feel I've really stripped back from trying to be trying to like land planes on terminal four on the edge of my pitch <laughs> with hundred cones. I've really tried to. You did like strip. a cone, Billy. I loved loved a cone for a while, <laughs> uh, especially a flat, I like flat ones, and don't add it all over the place. Um, but I feel now like my sessions are very. They look way more. They look a lot more like the game. Even if I'm doing things like one v one plus ones, it still looks like the game. You've got goals at the ends. You've got opponents. You've got bit. There's more constraints. There's more kind of peer interactions, and it's a lot more trying to find ways to how can I bring the practice and make it look as much like the game, no matter what context I'm looking at. So it's kind of easily transferred. Yeah, but um, not okay. often get not often getting it right. But that's the idea behind <laughs> it, where I can try to. Uh, that's the way I can think. How can I make this link as easy as possible so that they can recall it on a match day? And just language and culture. I mean, have, have those things been an issue, or has that been okay? It's been all right. Like English is very widely spoken. Um, I've had to pick up a couple of Arabic terms uh, for when we pick like talk to referees, like you're like Hakam and all that. I know that one about referees. It's um, not a swear word, is it? No, it means referee. <laughs> uh, like, <laughs> so uh, no, I'll save the swear words. But um, but yeah, so uh, but yeah, look, a lot of it is just like very much because we because we're very multicultural. Like now, it's a case of just like maybe trying to connect with players by maybe learning one or two words in their language. Like we have Spanish speakers. Like my my missus is Korean, so I'm learning a bit of Korean at the minute, right. and uh, try to have a couple of Korean players within our groups. So every now and again, I'll give them, oh, yeah. and then the parents are looking at me like, what? How do you know that? <laughs> um, but like Brilliant. little things are just trying to just find ways to connect. Um, but to be fair, across the board, English is English is widely spoken everywhere. So that transition has been uh, has been just quite smooth. Yeah. Um, what surprised you the most about maybe culturally being out there? Is there like, you know, the difference between coaching back in England and coaching out in the UAE? Is it like anything that's you weren't expecting that you suddenly kind of thought, oh, I didn't see that come in, but I'm dealing with it? Um, less so on the football pitch, really. I think once the kind of, once the session starts and once the game starts, it's the same, right. um, which has been, which is nice. Like it's kind of anywhere I've been, it's once it's football everyone speaks the language of football yeah so you can almost kind of whether 
I use certain terminology, the, the game is the game and people understand it, people you can get things set up and it just looks quite similar across the board. I think culturally, I find this is like one of the, it's the safest place I think I've ever been and ever lived. It's like across the board, it's, it surprised me massively. Just like you go anywhere, you're not feeling the thing of checking your shoulders, you're not looking at, you're not at nighttime, you go for walks, you're not thinking like someone's going to come and come and see you. But it's like really that side of thing has then settled me down when as soon as I moved in and was going through the process of like getting everything set up, like, but I just found the area is just so well kept it's on the there's lots of things going on it's on the rise and it's just that's the big thing it's just so safe and relaxed which has oh. then led to be it feel like i could put more focus into my football without having to think oh what's happening if i left my door unlocked or left my car unlocked oh god i better go get go check on it but usually it's like my colleagues can get footballs out forgot it was unlocked got to the car no one's bothering you everyone kind of keeps to themselves which is a a nice relaxing feeling Oh, look, absolutely. Look, I guess, you know, it's brave enough when you relocate and start again somewhere else, Um, you know, and the quicker you can feel safe and at home, I guess, the quicker you can concentrate on doing what you want to be doing. And it's great that there you found that. So um, thanks, Billy. I appreciate that because it's nice to get an understanding of kind of, you know, what you've learned and how it's gone and how you've adjusted. You're obviously doing very things in your roles, but if it's okay, we're going to kind of focus on the football bits of it and the coaching side. Can you talk us through like a typical Billy coaching session now? What would that look like? So if you've got, say, your under-12s out for one of their two sessions a week, what would it look like? Would it be the same? How would you start? What's the middle of it? How's the finish? Um, just give yes. us a flavour of that. Yeah, so typically a session is like an hour and a half. Um, so at the minute so we start with like your rival activities as they as they arrive uh typically it'll be things like 1v1s uh, i like throwing in every now and again like wembley singles because i don't feel they get enough of that and it's quite a nice little different they call it english goalie here which Do they? I, yeah <laughs> I, which I, don't know, yeah. I don't i i when i started talking about it, i was thinking what's english goalie then i see them playing it and i was like oh it's wembley or a world cup or whatever yeah and I was like, so, so they like play, when you throw out, oh, we're just playing English goalie. They're like, yes, yes, yes. And they get all, <laughs> get, get it, get it set up and they play. Um, then get them in, uh, set the learning outcomes. That's one thing I've been really big on is I, I used to love the use of my whiteboard, but now I've really refined it to now be a bit more clear and on what are we learning today? And then ask it maybe some like recalling from previous sessions or maybe asking questions or asking players to recall things in different ways it might be to draw what does a one-two pass look like or to yeah. to write down like a spider like spider diagram keywords for how do you, how might you protect the ball for example um and we also one thing we set is compared to what we're focusing on is a non-negotiable so ask the players what's one thing we're all going to commit to showing today uh they talk in their mini groups and then they choose one thing surrounding our topic so let's say the topic is today we did or like this week we didn't escape with a dribble or pass uh and they might say as a non-negotiable they say might have to scan for a defender so you go okay we've all committed to this now when we get into the activities now can we if you're not showing this then it's now up to you guys to manage your own behaviors and manage your own state or manage your teammate to make sure they are sticking to what we committed to um, so we've set that right at the beginning and then we set then I know Mark spoke about the the UAEs we would set them alongside our our learning outcomes so our success criteria so unacceptable would be happen is unacceptable all the time acceptable is acceptable all the time so it might be linked to your non-negotiable and then exceptional is something that could happen some of the times kind of like your almost some 
of, of like p like learn like learning objectives so once that's all set at the minute we're beginning to do things like scanning activations to get players into the habit of scanning to then build over the term to what are we scanning for when might we scan the different types of scanning and all that sort of thing so that spends about 10 minutes doing that um then our main practice in the first session is like a technical session so almost like a an introduction to the topic um so we do it in small-sided form so in a technical session it might be let's say escape with a dribble or pass and you play 1v1 plus one and you might have three of those games going on on the same pitch so yeah. at the minute i quite enjoy the design of the so like a pitch with end zones with a halfway line running right down the middle of the pitch separating the pitch left and right yeah so we'll play 1v1 plus one and it might be dribble into the end zone for one point uh first touch into the end zone gets you two points and if you can play the ball through and receive in the end zone like an offside line get three points um and then depending on what we want to look at and what we want to just drop in just to see how to get on it might be things like with the end zones you score you keep the ball go the other way or if you score you keep the ball but you must start on the other side of the end zone so there's a little bit of rotations and stuff like that yeah um so the if we're looking at managing the ball that might be a, a design that i do a lot um, so the design is the same so players can get straight into it. But I'm now going, actually, instead of focusing on protecting the ball, we're now looking at escaping with the ball and just kind of changing what they focus on because they'll still use the skills and the what we've been looking at in every session, but you're just highlighting the focus onto one area. Yeah. Um, so that would be the technical session. Um, then we'd end last half an hour with small-sided games. So if we have the capacity we'll do uh the format for that group so under 12s at the minute is 7v7 yeah so we'll go into 7v7 game like two coaches put their groups together and we'll do we might put constraints on the game so like today did the we did the constraint we had the three zones on the pitch and we did if it if the ball's in your defensive third you only have one touch or three or more um just yes. to then think about committing to stay if you bring the ball and control it, you're committed to staying on the ball and driving to commit and pausing and attracting defenders? Or can you have a quick look and look find a teammate, find a little gap, and can you maybe speed the play up first time? Um, and then the second session would be very same set out, but instead of a technical practice, it would be a skill practice, as we call it. So more kind of match-based, where you'd have 1v1 plus ones in a technical practice, but now you might go into 2v2 plus 2 or 3v3 or... 4v4 whatever yeah. and link the link the topic to the game a little bit closer um so that would be really how it would look um if i was that's that's what i kind of did with my under 12s this week or what with the escapes is with a dribble pass what i'm going to deliver with them next week um but then the, the constraints could be changing but very much that sort of arrival activity the activation then adaptation then application is almost like the order that we go into so you've got your two sessions a week with the age group. So then you the bit that would change really is technical bit would become more of a skills-based bit. So you're kind of, I guess, expecting them to have the foundation they can do a bit more in that second part of the session. Is that right? Yeah. So almost a lot of what we do and a lot of what I do, and I guess the group as well, is it's very kind of opposition-based and kind of interacting with the opponent. Yeah. So the first part will be a the complexity of what a 77 might be for yeah a player who might be 
not quite as advanced so you want to go strip it back your choices are either to beat the player 1v1 or to share to the free player um so then they're getting the repetition without repetition yeah. of the actions that we want them to to try and learn um and then the, the second session will be you might start with that practice just as a reminder and a bit of recall and then dip them into more interactions with teammates and defenders to see right when these moments aren't happening as frequently can we still bring them to life and can we still look for opportunities to do them so um so yeah so it almost looks that's almost the thinking behind it it's almost build up so almost like our our block is almost uh it's like a three-week block per area so like let's say the the lower the younger age groups is managing the ball and managing space are the two headings so we might do three weeks on managing the ball three weeks on managing space and then between them will be like a covert recall week so for the two sessions that week coaches step right back and the players will have the opportunity to we can see what they recall without being prompted how they interact with each other do they use the terminology that we're trying to use do they notice the same things that they've been doing for the last few weeks um, and then that then informs the next three-week block how can we now what am I doing more of what am I doing less of what do they pick up what are they struggling with and then you almost you can refine yourself as as and when in that sense um yeah I've waffled on, waffled on a little bit so hopefully no not at all no like it's <laughs> fascinating because obviously you you see it you know what you're doing but I think for for me and for listeners I know just getting a flavor of it and trying to visualize it as you're talking like it's 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 great to hear because I, I know there'll be things people saying actually yeah we do a bit of that and oh actually that's you know that's a great idea and a different way of of kind of approaching it and I guess the other point to this is you're talking about the sessions and like you said before at Wickham the games weren't as frequent were they you know you'd have them every half term or so and it wasn't really the big part no, no one expected to go to games necessarily and see a team clicking together because they didn't they didn't play an awful lot together they did it happened but it wasn't like you know that wasn't we were going for individual development as parents I think with our children there and the, the, the game things were just an extra kind of bonus but yeah. it's different for you now right the games are important right and people will want to win their games I know we can get carried away but I'm pretty sure you're under 12 so one want to win every game they play and so will their yeah. parents um, yeah, how does that impact so on this that's then? been the big thing yeah yeah so it's a lot of it's now trying to I think manage expectation for one and I think there's a lot of one thing I guess one thing always like parents you get we have some really really good parents and they're really involved in what we do in terms of supportive and things like that um it's just trying to just continue to push the push the message out of actually yeah winning is important but it's not the most important thing and what we're doing there is a process to it so as an under under 10 you might not see success immediately but when you get to under 14 the things that you're doing day in day out here these small age group the younger age groups when you get there you might notice the fruits of, fruits of your labor a little bit more. Um, but I think then when it comes to what we do um, in terms of how the training links more now to the games, players I feel are connecting more with what we apply to them because we see now there's a direct feedback of what we worked on, maybe staying on the ball under different pressures. We get to the game and you're smashing the ball off the pitch every two seconds we kind of go, actually there's a disconnect here and we can see that kind of more quicker than rather than, I mean, I love, I loved Wickham and love what they do, but sometimes when you get to the games, you've worked on so much in six to eight weeks that you get to the game and there's, there's, you're looking at things and the players, there's a lot to 
analyze and yeah. you might think actually they're not getting this this and this but they did it six weeks ago so they might not remember it so um i'd like that's the thing with that with them and the quality that that we can do i'd love if they had like a play games more frequently the games pro players yeah. where they're yeah, where they where they sign it, players are getting signed left, right, and center. And now players I like remember coaching back in the day, and they've gone on even better than what they were before with the guys there. But just if they had that little bit of more consistent games, I reckon they'd be through the roof from where they are. Um, it's hard, isn't yeah. it? Because you can't. Yeah, yeah. I've got a, a certain setup that works them, and I know I know what you're, you're saying. And you did right, but I guess from a coaching point of view, it's hard, isn't it? Because you want almost you want to see the little the games of the tests, aren't they, to see kind of what's working, and also give the players a chance to practice it and and fine tune some of these things. And without that, it's a lot harder for you coaches, isn't it? It's been it's a lot harder to get you know teams playing collectively when they train maybe a lot more than they actually play. So I I don't think it's unreasonable for coach wanting to have more games. I think that's absolutely fair. Yeah, 100%. I think as coaches, I've this year or the last year has really been a learning curve for me of preparing for a match day at the youth level. I've done like the non-league where you it's, it's you're going for three points and every game you go out is always preparing to win. And now we've got the, the players that we've got in now, you want to manage their expectation because obviously as a coach, you, you want to win games. Like yes. I'd be lying if I said I didn't want to win games. Of course. But it's now It's now trying to go actually you know what like how can we prepare these players appropriately so if they're doing all these things that they're showing so well in training that we get to the game it should be the easy bit um that would be the ideal world where training's that training's the tough part and then the game they come in and go actually oh i can relax a little bit now because we've been working harder than the game is showing now um so it's 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 a bit as a transition to begin with of being like making sure that we're continuing to rotate players rotate positions give equal minutes to all of our players that's like a, that's the non-negotiable but now trying to think actually how can i best support you if you're a player who's low on confidence but we're now playing against a team who's flying how do i manage how do i kind of support you and play you in certain areas or give you certain responsibilities to kind of bring the best out of you and i think when we said about players setting their non-negotiables in sessions we do that on a match day as well so it's consistent throughout. So they know players go, oh, you know what, like we, we're almost in charge now of how does, what we agree into. So almost if the game goes, goes peak tongue and we lose six nil, the players might come in and go, actually, you know what, we were all acceptable today. We, we were scanning for a defender and a teammate. Yeah. We were, uh, we, uh, we were acceptable. So they almost go away going, you know what, like I achieved something. Um, Obviously, if you get the win, it's even better, and you go, yeah, buzzing. But like, you almost now have the you'll get we're getting the players to just understand now. Actually, wins happen, losses happen. You can be on the top of your game and lose, and you can be shocking and win. It that's football is is a strange game like that. But if you're continuing to do the right things and focusing on trying to be better and achieving, I guess, doing the best with what you can with what you have at, at the time then over the long run then you'll see improvements um which is uh which has been quite rewarding to see in terms of how players interact with each other and how connected players are to coaches and how parents are to what we do and it feels more like a you're almost like a like a, like a family's a really corny cliched way of putting it but like you have times where you have disputes and have like disagreements and whether the players parents coaches all that there's always like friction at times but 
like everyone. a family <laughs> isn't it yeah exactly yeah. that yeah. exactly that and you're always yeah. pushing all in but you're all pushing in the same direction and you yeah. have the right intentions so i think and that's the most important the... but isn't it when you've got that joined up that's kind it, of yeah. objective um you mentioned a couple of times about non-negotiables i think you know and that is very much mark bennett stuff but it's great and i actually having agreed non-negotiables for specific sessions in relation to what you're doing both in training and in matches is fantastic do you share the match ones with parents would parents know what the players are working on before the game was that something you kind of agree just before kickoff and you know that's you and the players kind of stuff i'm just trying to think because what you've done is you 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 and this is not easy to do. I know this, and let's be honest, it only goes so far. Um, but you're making it not just about the result, aren't you? You're saying, okay, the result's a result, and we've got to deal with that. But actually, we can win in other ways as well here. Another way we can win is by doing this. And I can see how that has an effect, especially if it doesn't go so well with the result. You've kind of got some success still. Are parents brought into that at all? Yeah. So in terms of, I'll give an example as to one thing I did last season. So, you know, I love a whiteboard. I take you've it got, You've got the best handwriting for whiteboards. That's why, Billy, you write so neatly, you can get away with it. Yeah. Some of us can't write like you write, so <laughs> we have to be careful. So I have to, I have to spell. show it off on every occasion I get. <laughs> it's, it's so, uh, so, yeah, so we... Um, so is it, I've really tried to make it even better now. So I have to show you a board recently. All right, well, I, yeah, yeah, I don't know how you can prove it. Okay, I'm intrigued, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, so with the whiteboards, we... Um, I I always write on the match day whiteboards. So I go, uh, what one thing are we all going to agree to show today? And they'll they'll get together, they'll discuss it, and then they'll have one thing written down. Then you go right, how are we going to achieve that? And then they write the UAEs, and then after that they go before the game kicks off, maybe five minutes to kick off when they've decided. It'll be like right, okay, right, take the board, couple of you go to the parents, go and show them. So then a couple of them get up. Firstly, like first time you have to nominate people at times because they're all be like, oh, I don't want to go to my parents. What are you talking about? Yeah. But you then uh, you get a couple who kind of go, yeah, I want to do it. I want to do it. So you, you get them, go take them over. Sometimes they might talk the parents through it, but a lot of times it's just the first time it was the parents were kind of like, oh, okay, cool. But then like, because we did it consistently, they start to go, oh, okay, and start to maybe take photos of the board or maybe kind of look at certain things. And then you might even every now and again hear, what you hear a parent kind of applaud something that we agree to so if a kid has chased the ball and like try and win the ball back and they've done it go, oh well done for chasing the ball and you go oh my god like it's it's working it's, it's a bit <laughs> yeah, seeing it's it like we're seeing it seeping through yeah. um but yeah so it's a uh, it's it's one of those ones where we it's football football takes control of everyone in different ways and it's you're trying to just football's about the kids and we want to just try and continue to push that to the front of people's heads. So then when you get to games, it's less emotion behind, oh, he's letting a goal. Oh, he's he's conceded the penalty. Oh, we've we've he's scored, but it's offside. It's now actually, oh, you know what? Like they're working towards something. And I see that my kid is actively trying to work towards this outcome. And if they can get near it, then you know what? I appreciate the effort towards it and the intent. So um, that I think, yeah, to answer your question, the whiteboard has been really useful in that sense. And the players and the parents I've spoken to are really bought into it and they really enjoy that idea that they're more connected with what their kids are doing rather than sometimes the stay on the outside of the Astro, don't even come and talk to me. Yeah. I'm going to try and work to get work on just the kids here. But I think having a little bit of that interaction, I think, is important because parents have they have every right to be involved uh it's just how involved is the is the million dollar question 
Definitely. And having the ability to kind of realign their focus away from the result, you obviously you're never going to get people not caring about the result, but if you can make it about something else as well and involve them, I think that's like a, not an over difficult kind of trick, but you know, it's something that I think if more coaches could do it, you know, especially in the grassroots space where it gets a bit crazy around some of the results, if parents can buy into actually, do you know what? Yeah, we want to win today, but actually developments in there, we can win in other ways today. Um, you know, if coaches, it's, it's time well spent, I think, you know, if you can do a bit of that without overcommitting to it, and that's obviously what you're doing there. So thanks, Billy, because we've not really spoke about it too much on the podcast before, and it's you, you've, you've raised a good topic there, or, or you know, or subtopic, I guess. Do you have a curriculum, obviously a season on curriculum? I know you spoke about your three-week blocks there, but, you know, how, how does a season work? So if you're starting off now at the start of a season, do you plan out what you're going to work on between now and the end of the season? Or is you just looking at three weeks at a time and then you're seeing what the players need and going again? So we have our kind of topic headings for the three-week blocks. So we have like managing the ball, three weeks managing space for the younger half of our of our programme. Then the older half will have control possession and intelligent defending. Um, so we'll work on each for three weeks, a 12-week block. Um, after 12 weeks, the coaches will rotate. So we'll go and work with a different group, which is, I think is a really good thing. One, to kind of keep things fresh and for the players and for the coaches and just gets you, if, if it works right, then the coach you've had in the first term, the second coach who comes in, you're just building on the good work they've done. And then by term three, you're building on what two coaches have done. Yeah. And if if everyone's pulling in the same direction, then you've really made progress. Um, and it gets us to find and recognize and work with all these different players rather than just having one group and saying, this is my under nine group. It's now a case of actually, this is our under nines, or this is two coaches have worked with them before. I'm now the third. How can I now, benefit these to then prepare them for the next coach to come along um so a lot of what we that the rotations really helps with what we do because we're all all bought in and all pulling in the same direction in terms of a syllabus we our main thing really is to what we call develop the ice player so intelligence um which is like our perception uh character which we spoke about managing ourselves and managing others and then excellence, which is the being ace side of it. So showing attitude, concentration and effort at all times and being doing the best with what you have in the moment. Um, so developing the ice player is like the over the banner at the top of the the roots on the tree, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, so very much that is quite cyclical in terms of the you come around every three weeks to a different topic. So you're really hammering home the the kind of the key areas in terms of what we're looking at and managing the ball and what we look at and managing space and then the, when you get the games thrown in as well we feel like we find of really giving the players a real comprehensive program that will support them as they go through the uh through their football journey and develop almost those fundamentals of am i comfortable with the ball am i aware of what's going on around me can i make effective decisions and am i a good teammate and ultimately a good person for society if football doesn't ever go my way um so i think it's one i've i've bought into and dove headfirst in over the last year and i'm i'm even still trying to uh trying to work it out at times uh to make it even better for the players i work with but it's been a it's, a, it's been a good journey in terms of this in this with this curriculum 
there, there must be so much learning for the players and the coaches, but so much learning for the players in having that rotation with coaches. Like, because I guess, you know, you have to kind of adjust yourself as a player, don't you? You get a new coach, you've got someone different to speak to, someone different learning. I mean, there, there's so much value in that beyond just the football itself, you know. And I think it's nice to have a team for a season and stuff for a whole year. And there's lots of value in that, don't get me wrong, I'm sure. But I love the idea of having maybe 12 weeks with one coach and getting another another pair of eyes on the player and as the player as well. Even if they love the coach before, it must be good for them just to have to adjust and, and deal with things. I can see so many benefits in that. Yeah, 100%. Very and good. I think I don't want to I don't want to name drop him, but he's uh, I got got a set got to talk about him. So at the minute, so tonight's session I had under thirteens and fourteens, and my partner coach is, is Titus Bramble, who used to play in the Premier League, played for yeah. Newcastle. He's going to love I've name dropped him by the way, but it's <laughs> funny to uh, it's it's funny to see if for twelve weeks a kid works with me, and a parent sees me, and they might have a perception of me before they even meet me they think oh this is this young english guy da, 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 da. but then they see titus who is the nicest person on planet earth he's such a top bloke but they see him they go oh my god he he's played here he's done this and they've done this and the players almost think oh my god like i'm gonna get i'm getting so much yeah. from him and all of his experiences and his sort of mentorship and things then they get me who throws a tennis ball into the small side again. The they think, "Oh my god, what a contrast to a uh, what a contrast!" But uh, but I think definitely the coach the coach rotation is uh is is such a powerful thing, just for the sort of the values that we embody as staff and what we want the players to embody, um in terms of, like the spirit of football as such. But we want to uh I think get in the players more connected with the whole coaching staff. And like you see, as they come in, they're fist bumping every coach as they come in. And as they leave and they pass a coach, they'll give them a fist bump on the way out. No matter if they work with them one term or they've seen them all the time, it's like yeah. a really nice, it makes it a really nice environment where you then just start to get to know everyone and they start to know you. Well, I know you're saying a bit tongue in cheek about you and and obviously Titus, but and different maybe playing backgrounds. But you make a good point again, Billy, because the reality is, and I'm sure that he'd say himself, you know, there's going to be loads of qualities that you will bring from your experiences and your understanding of the game that will benefit the players, as will his and his background, right? And um, you know, on face value, you might be thinking, "Wow, that's amazing! This guy's got a rich history playing like the uh, elite football and stuff like that." But actually, that doesn't necessarily always make them the best coaches. I'm sure he's a fantastic coach, by the way, but it doesn't actually make them the best coach. There'll be other things that they were done outside of the game, and there'll be things that you'll come with, like with fresh eyes, that are different that'll add value too. And the players have an opportunity to to experience different coaches and different coaches' background. I think is where the real value happens, right? Yeah, definitely, and I think. I think having the wide range of experiences like like Titus can draw from what he's done and what he's worked, who he's worked with and the managers he's been under and the different coaching setups he's been inside. I can then draw from, I might see what he does in a different lens. He might look at what Absolutely. I do and go, actually, have you thought about this, this and this? And then yeah. you have, uh, it's just, I find that's why I said right at the beginning, like our, our kind of coaching discussions that we have kind of behind us after a session or in like a meeting that we have or a training we do we just have so many different experiences from people from all over the world and all over different parts of football like there's a few English lads in there from some of the guys from clubs up north and then we've got one of the guys who was working with pro teams in India then we've got a couple of Egyptian lads and then we've got like Titus's experiences we've got Maxi's experiences there's just all this knowledge that just piles together and everyone's got strengths in different areas and now we're all trying to just 
maximize their strengths and nick something from them and steal a session from this person or this guy's used a really good clean really good uh keyword that i'm, oh, I'm going to take that i'm going to use that myself mm. and i just find that environment has really helped us all grow which is then ultimately going to really help the players as well brilliant well billy that's been fantastic thank you so much look a couple of last questions that's okay um there'll be people listening to this you've probably got them excited about oh i could go and do that let me um, this sounds great what would be your tips to maybe coaches that are thinking about going overseas to coach? What would be some tips or advice or from your experience, what would you, what would you suggest? In an honest opinion, I think if you have the, if it's something you want to do, I'd say just take it on. There's no kind of better time than now. Um, the more you put it off, it, it will never happen. Um, so it's like, it's like one of those ones where you say, ah, oh, Monday, I'm going to go to the gym. And then Monday yeah. comes, you go, ah, oh, next Monday. <laughs> yeah. But if it's something you, it's something you want to do, if you enjoy traveling and, and you enjoy sport or teaching or anything like that, I think going abroad to do it is such a fulfilling experience. Um, I'm just looking through some of the, the notes I made for this question and it's quite deep actually. So I'm, but I'm going to touch on it anyway, because it's quite, it's kind of authentic. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's one of those ones where, I wanted to go back abroad after being in the US um, and then spend all my time at Wickham talking to the likes of Andy or Lewis there or Ashley there or Kirk there and just talking to them. Actually, like one one day I'd like to go back and do something like that. And whilst I've got no real attachments or I've got the freedom to go, actually, you know what, I can just get up and go. And then this come about and I was like, you know what, let's just dive in. Um, obviously, starting in a new place is really stressful. Uh, there's lots to consider that you don't consider before. Um, like bank accounts and cars and all that sort of stuff is, yeah. is, is just a long old process. But once you kind of get your feet under the table and you get settled and luckily the guys who I work with, a lot of them I consider like friends outside of work because we just spend so much time together and they've helped me so much. Um, I had a I had quite a bad spell actually. I was in, in January. I went under, had emergency surgery. So I had like a kind of colon resection. It was like a bit, bit, bit gnarly um so I was out for about in hospital for about eight days and then off work for maybe three four weeks um so it's been so that was quite a, a tough period but luckily I had a really good support network and they really kind of helped me through that experience especially being away from home I was kind of like literally within going for lunch and then within two hours I was in hospital and then 24 hours I'd had like a meter of intestine removed not to get too graphic wow. like was that. that January just gone yeah so end, end of January so it's right. like a so literally it's just been like a that was a real crazy period for yeah. that all sorts of stuff and yeah so like now the kind of backlog of that like I, I mean I'm I'm fine uh just I just lost a ton of weight I didn't have much to lose in the first place but <laughs> I was I gonna say like, Billy you could, yeah. yeah it was like I lost like I lost like 12 kilos in a, in about 10 days wow okay. so it's like so then it was a case of right now I need to kind of build back my energy and like yeah. I'd find I'd go back to coaching and go back and assist for 45 minutes then I'd have to go sit down or it was, it was a long process but like now I'm like kind of as I was before just with a like a cesarean scar but yeah. um but, uh, but yeah so like that sort of thing has been did it make you want to come home Billy join that I mean that's a, that's a big test to go through was, was there wobbles there were you thinking maybe I need to be back home now because these things make you or, or were you settled enough at that point that actually do you know what you just had to get through it and you were fine yeah I tell you what I, th- I didn't feel like i I didn't feel that way of wanting to go back. Um, it's a good test, isn't at, it? Really? Which is, yeah, it's a real like yeah, at the time is because it happened so quick, and then all of a sudden the the kind of hospital period was like just focus on just getting 
through the mini checklist you have to kind of yeah get out of hospital and then coming out of it it was there's a few tough times don't get me wrong but like i've got a really good support network around me um like my missus has been i'll give her a shout out she's been unbelievable yeah. and my kind of recovery um then like my colleagues have been really supportive and like my like seth was really good with me and kind of allow me to kind of have the time to just get back on my feet um okay. and i just think yeah that and I, that just kind of i think now if when i look back on this this experience in in the uae for example that's like now a big like bookmark in the in the chapter and kind of almost yeah. the before and after um but no i think to kind of go i think that then you i wouldn't have had i mean i think the connections i've made and the experiences i've had i wouldn't have had them if i just stayed comfortable and stayed in my comfortable setting of i know i'm going to be going to this school in in cheshire at eight o'clock and i'm gonna stay there till four then i'm going to do a under at seven session uh five o'clock and then i'm just going to chill out and then on the weekend i'm just going to go see my mom and dad or i'm going to go spend time with friends yeah. but then now it's like actually like you know what like like tomorrow for example i've got meetings in schools and then i'm gonna go and i'm trying to get good at golf now so i'm gonna go and <laughs> smash a few balls around and get frustrated <laughs> with that but now it's like a case of just because i decided to go with my own kind of personal values of i i don't like standing still i like trying to go and try something new or I like going to doing a new experience or whether it's in work i like to try and push i say push the boundaries is really cliched but i like to just try and nudge things forward and just try things and make a mistake and jump on it again and i think coming out here and doing this experience has now helped me fulfill that side of my life of now can i push on and do i've now can i've shown i can do this maybe another day i might do another country or maybe another day i might do something else or i can i feel like i can go and do those things because i've had this experience um, but long story short i said if you if it's on your mind go for it why not well that was my next question billy what is next for you like i mean obviously you're happy you're settled you're doing some wonderful things where you are i'm not saying it has to be like next week but have you got any kind of plans aspirations or are you just doing billy style and just left foot right foot and see where it all unfolds <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think a li little bit of that. I think, um, I think in terms of now, I'm really happy here. I'm, I feel really settled. Um, so I definitely think for at least the uh, the foreseeable, I'll be, I'll be here. Uh, hopefully, kind of growing in, growing in my coaching. Um, hopefully, do things like the A license at one stage or like start to build towards those sort of things. Uh, just trying to just become the best version of me, really. Uh, whether it be kind of off the pitch, on the pitch um and i guess if you asked me this question two years ago i think you did i think you did ask me this question two years ago yeah. uh i would have uh, <laughs> I, I would never have had that i'd never had the answer i have now uh so i think having that open mind to that whatever will be will be and kind of where whatever kind of happens i'm i'm ready for it so i'm kind of just like you said just going to take that sort of left foot right foot approach and just whatever happens happens well, let's not undersell the fact that the reason things did work out they have how they have for you is the fact that you were being generous enough to share your ideas in a public platform, right? What you put on Twitter wasn't you showing off about stuff. I know you well enough. You, that's not your style. You, you you were putting things up there to help people and to share practice and to put ideas out and see if people could pick up on these things. And it was through you being selfless in your actions that have got you where you are now, Billy. So I'm so pleased for you because um, it was a loss. I know it'd be lost to, to the Wickham family. We know that. It certainly was a loss to, to, the, to the parents who had, like I was to have you coaching their kids. 
but when it works out well and when it's deserved like it's so much was for you it, it's so nice to hear and um i'm really grateful for your time billy today and for you sharing your story with us no thank you very much i appreciate it really enjoyed being back on well we'll get you back on again there is one more question which i can't let you go to answer i can't remember what you said last time i should have listened to you but i can't remember what, i'm sure we would ask you it but i can't remember what you said but we do ask all our guests um if there was one thing they could change about the world of of, of coaching or football what would that be I think it will link to the sort of sharing of ideas. Um, I think, but I've thought about it a lot and I had this conversation at work the other day and I think it's a really important thing. So I think coaches should be more collaborative on both the good and bad they deliver. Um, I know like on Twitter at the minute, you've got like Sunday share, which is really good. Um, But I think you see just a lot of the best side of people, which I think social media just is, is just see the best side of people. People only post their engagements or their birthdays. Don't, they won't really ever post about actually I've had a really bad day today. But I think, I think, I think that would be sort of the more vulnerable side of coaching. I think is something that I wish we had more of. So seeing someone or hearing someone go, actually, I I went and tried this, but it didn't work. Um, and then the reflections based on, those sort of feelings um because i think it's very and i've i've been guilty of it i think i'm still guilty of it at times is it's a little bit it's a very ego driven area because everyone thinks they know what they're doing yeah. but i've very quickly learned that i the what i know is very it's like a it's like a divot in the in the mountain of, of, <laughs> of football and uh i think having that sort of vulnerability to go actually you know what that didn't quite work out for me but not just saying oh that didn't work but going actually being a bit reflective and going oh maybe it was because because of my my demeanor it might have been because of how I explained things or maybe because it just wasn't didn't suit the players I had or or whatever it might be because because coaching is not perfect like everyone everyone has a stinker everyone has a bad session everyone has a just one of those one of those days one of those weeks where just things aren't just going for you um I just think if I could have one thing that would be in the world of coaching a bit more is people being brave enough to share the the vulnerable side a little bit more. I think that would allow people to get a real sense of who people are really behind the the X's and O's and behind the cones and whiteboards and see that, you know, everyone's, you're just people who are, who are trying their best. And I think the, the quicker we get to that point, I think parents will appreciate the work that people put in, especially like you volunteer. I'm very lucky. I've got like a job in football, but people who put their time to away from family events, away from seeing their kids grow up to look after other people's kids. You can actually see, you know what, this person is, he's had a tough day at work, but he's still on the pitch at six o'clock to look after your kid and give them a good experience. Even if he's not feeling the best way or he's not delivered the best session in the world, you actually, you know what, this person has tried their best. Um, So I think, the kind of more vulnerable side of coaching is something that I would like to see see grow. Love that, Billy. What a top answer that is. And we've asked that probably a hundred times and not had that as an answer. And you're saying it sounds obvious as a thing to suggest, but people don't do it, do they? And what a difference it would make. My, my problem with that one is if I started tweeting all the stuff that I do wrong, I'll be tweeting, <laughs> tweeting <about laughs> yeah. 30 things a day. Um, but I'd have to limit my how much I do share. But I th- you, you make a really good point about that, being vulnerable and being honest. And, and you know, and you know, it's, it's certainly, it's a craft, right? And any craft, you know, it's never going to be perfect. And share the stuff doesn't go well. It probably has as much value or if not more value than sharing the stuff that does go well so brilliant mate top answer 
Billy, if people want to find out more about you, the, the work you're doing or reach out to you, is that possible? And if so, what would be the best way of going about it? Yeah, so um, on Twitter, or I guess X as it's now known, uh, at ReadyBilly, uh, I'm going to try and be a bit more productive and proactive on there, um, just to put in, just putting things out for people to to steal ideas from or to to batter as social media is like a lot of nowadays. Yeah. Um, I think it's I think that's one area I want to try and be a bit more frequent on uh, LinkedIn as well. Uh, Billy Ready on LinkedIn. Uh, again, same there, just to try and share share ideas and just share thoughts and try and interact with more people and just just try and yeah just try and better myself and hopefully get people around me thinking a little bit um because yeah i don't have all the answers but i'd like to <laughs> <laughs> well mate you, you 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 have lots of answers um and you you're clearly learning as you go along you in you have seen a good environment where you are now good people around you which is the best place to be i think in any career but particularly in coaching right that helps you know you're developing which means your players are going to develop Mate, would you come back on and do a hat trick with us at some point in the not too distant future and let us know how this season pans out? Yeah, 100%. Be well up for it. That'd be really good. Top man, Billy. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure speaking to you again. We'll put all we'll put your, your links in the show notes. People want to do reach out, they can find your, your Twitter handle and your X handle and whatever else in there. So you may get a few direct questions. I don't know. Um, but thank you so much for your time today, mate. And great to chat to you. No, it's been great to catch up. Thank you for having me. This episode was brought to you in association with our friends at Soccer Coach Weekly. Established since 2006, Soccer Coach Weekly is a leading source of inspiration and advice for all grassroots coaches. Join thousands of youth soccer coaches just like you, saving time and effort in their goal of having the most effective, enjoyable and successful coaching journey for them and their players. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode.